So here we are, back again. God bless. Welcome, Isaac. Uh, let's see. Isaac is saying here, I've been grinding through the Master Outlines Bible and have really enjoyed it so far. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, I shared this a couple weeks back, or I guess more than a couple weeks back now, just a little small little New Testament that has some outlines in it that kind of take you through some Bible verses and really uh, helps you build a, a foundation in Bible study. But uh, yeah, Isaac's joining us from Oregon. And um, he said he's, he says he's probably enjoyed outline number four the most, um, which goes over the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, great. And um, I actually did a teaching today that I posted on YouTube on uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, just a short 26-minute thing where we just kind of briefly went through it and talked about the gifts of the Spirit and things like that. I do have a deeper studies of that out there in podcast form. I don't have any of those on video though at this point. But yeah, today I did a short teaching uh, discussion on 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So uh, if you're out there and you're watching and uh, I see that there's a few of you out there, let us know where you're watching from. And uh, it's good to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Tonight, what I thought I'd do, and again, let me just kind of let everyone know here, um, kind of the format here, interrupt me with comments or questions anytime you like, because that really that's what this is about, or prayer requests. Um, this really isn't designed to be one of my normal teaching, uh, you know, Bible teachings that I do, not Wednesday Night Live. I'm just kind of going off the cuff here. I will go over some scriptures and talk about it. But in all honesty, I'm just doing that to fill some space and in hopes that maybe we can have some chatting here or, um, like I said, some prayer requests or whatever. But if the scriptures that I do read um, bring a question to mind or put something on your heart, go ahead and you know, comment on that as well. Hello, Kevin from New Jersey. My nephew, good to have you here, Kevin. Thanks for joining us again. Um, tonight, I'm going to go ahead and open up to Hebrews chapter 11. The topic of faith has been um, on my mind a lot today and this week, um, especially um, verse 6 of Hebrews 11, which I will get to. Hi, Becky, joining us from Gettysburg again. Thank you for watching. And Kevin, my brother from Gettysburg, good to have you both on. Thank you for being here. So yeah, again, um, like I mentioned, if some of you just jumped in, I did post a teaching earlier on 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12 um, that was posted on the YouTube channel. Um, if you haven't yet done so, it would help a lot if you'd subscribe to us on YouTube um, and like the teachings that are out there and even share them with others. Help us to spread the word on what we're doing here in spreading the word. So uh, Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to go ahead and start reading in verse 1. And if you are in a position where you can do so and you do have a Bible uh, handy, you can go ahead and open it up to Hebrews chapter 11. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So here we see um, a definition given to us of what faith is. Right, uh, it's the evidence of things hoped for, 
or excuse me, the substance of things hoped for, it says, and the evidence of things not seen. You've probably heard me quote this a lot. The scripture tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, I, I, I've said this before, but 36 years of trusting in the Lord, giving my life to the Lord, I've never seen him, you know, never heard an audible voice from him but I continue to walk by faith in him. And that's what God call, calls us to. If you jump down to verse six, I'll go back and read these other verses. But if you jump down to verse six here, this is the verse that kept coming to my mind today and, and uh, just over the last few days. But it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So this is what God wants of us. This is how we please God by walking by faith. I'll touch on that more as we go on, but let me just jump back up here. Uh, verse two says, for by it, that is by faith, right? The elders obtained a good testimony. Now, who are, who are the elders being spoken of here? Well, he's going to go over all those people. That is the people uh, that we read about in the scriptures that came before the writer of Hebrews here. And uh, they are the people that walked by faith. They lived their entire life by faith all the way till the end of their lives. And let's read on verse three. It says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. You see, it takes faith for us to believe that, to walk in that, to know that, right? I mean, there's no bones about it. Faith is what we walk by. That's how we live as followers of God today, right? It says, so by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In other words, God did not have any materials to make a tree, to make a mountain, to make the waters, to make the earth, the dirt, and all of that stuff. He did not have any materials, right? It's not made of things that are visible. It says that by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And if you were to go back into the book of Genesis and read Genesis chapter one, right? You'll see where it says, and God said, let there be light. And God said, and God said, and God said. He created everything by his word. So we, by faith, know that and believe that. We see the visible things that God created but we don't really understand how he created. Who is this awesome and mighty God? Who are we to think that we can have a knowledge of him or grasp him and put him in a box and, and you know, make him our, our little religion when he's so awesome and powerful and wonderful and mighty and created everything by his word alone. He spoke everything into being, right? So then verse four goes on and says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. You can read about that in the book of Genesis as well. Through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith, Enoch, or Enoch, however you want to pronounce it, was taken away so that he did not see death and was found not because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So, Enoch was a man of faith. Remember, we just read in verse six, which we're about to read here again, is that without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
So Enoch was a man of faith and his faith was so great in God that God just took him to be with him. So then the second half of verse six here says, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, the reason that this was on my mind a lot this week is because I began to think about how people seek after a spiritual experience or, see, or try to get close to God, maybe through some rituals or through a religion or through you know, some church membership or whatever the case may be. They're trying to do all that they can to get close to God, to have an experience with God, right? And you've heard us say this before. My wife brought it up you know, several broadcasts ago about how, you know, um, Religion is man's attempt to get close to God, but Jesus Christ was God's attempt to get close to man, right? So God reaches out to us and he just requires of us that we walk by faith, that we place our faith in his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, right? But he says here, I wanna, I wanna emphasize verse six a little bit more where it says, for he um, who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, right? So there has to be some diligence on our part in seeking God. We need to be committed, which you've heard me talk about before, right? Committed to you know, seeking after God and living in a godly manner. And you've heard me say as well, it's not about becoming a monk or going off and, you know, in seclusion somewhere or doing all that kind of stuff. No, we come just as we are. We give our hearts to the Lord and it's, it's something that God begins to do within us internally. Okay, And from an external standpoint, we just keep living our life, walking by faith, doing our work, finishing our schooling, whichever the case may be, right? We just go through life by faith and not by sight. And we allow God to work within us by his Holy Spirit, but we are responsible for fixing the eyes of our hearts on him. In other words, giving attention to him and honoring him. You know, and all these things that I'm talking about, we learn from the scriptures, right? From the word of God. We learn how to, to live the life that pleases God, which is a life of faith. Again, right? Now, faith has been abused. The word faith has been abused in many Christian circles and from many pulpits, you know, where people use faith to try to get what they want out of life, get, you know, a Mercedes-Benz in the garage or a bigger house or this, that, or the other thing, right? That's not the kind of faith that the Bible teaches. The faith that the Bible teaches is that we trust in the Lord with all of our heart. We don't, like the scripture says in Proverbs, right? We lean not on our own understanding, but rather in all of our ways, we acknowledge him and we allow him to direct our paths through this life, okay? So again, it's not about becoming some, you know, unapproachable person, some person that, you know, is is just too super spiritual to, to walk or talk with anyone else on the earth, right? It's not about that. It's about 
diligently seeking God from within our hearts, from who we are within and placing our faith in him. He goes on here in verse seven to say that by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Think about that, right? Noah was divinely warned about something that was gonna happen that's never happened before. And that is that the earth was gonna be flooded by rain. And he's telling everybody, and the Bible says that he was a preacher of righteousness, right? And he's telling everybody, hey, come on, you better get ready. The time is coming. You know, the, the, the time is coming when you, you need to get on board. You need to get on this ship. You know, you need to be sailing with us because that time is coming. And he had to do that by faith. I mean, imagine saying it's going to rain. Something's going to fall from the sky. People never heard of, never seen before up until that point. Right? So it's the same thing, though, that holds true today. Somebody like me continues to preach Jesus, continues to teach Jesus, and continues to say, hey, you need to come to Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way, right? You need to repent and give your life to him and start to follow him with all your heart, like we're talking about here tonight. But yet people say, ah, oh, what are you talking about? The Lord's coming again. What are you talking about, heaven? We, we, we've never seen this place. I've never seen it with my eyes. I've never heard anything from heaven with my ears or any of that, right? Because I'm preaching something that we are to do by faith, but that's what the Bible teaches us. That's what God requires. Like we see in verse six, that is what pleases God, okay? So Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. And that speaks something to us as well, right? Um, there's something that we need to do, especially men of God. We need to make sure, you know, the scriptures teach this. I'm not going to get too deep into this. This, will be a, this would be a whole nother teaching, but trust me, all of this is in the scriptures now. Actually, don't trust me. Go read it yourself. But in the scriptures, it tells us that, you know, it tells me that that I am to bathe my wife in the word of God. What's that noise? Washer. Oh, the washer machine. But anyway, um, I'm to bathe my, my wife in the word of God. I'm to train up my kids in the way that they should go, right? That's what Noah was doing. He was preparing something for the saving of his household. He wanted to get things in order. He wanted to get things right between him and God, but he was doing this by faith, right? And it says, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. And that's how, that's the only way for us to become righteous today is through faith in Jesus Christ. We cannot do it in and of ourselves. There is no religion that we can join. There is no certain chance that we can do, no circumstances that we can create or make up or conjure up that's going to give Get us right with God. It's only faith in Jesus Christ. This is the way that God provided, which is why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no one comes to the Father except through me. So it's the same thing we see here in Hebrews eleven seven, 7, that um, Noah, he became the heir of righteousness which is according to the faith. That's the only righteousness we can achieve today, right? 
By faith Abraham, it says in verse 8, obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So here Abraham felt this call of God to go out and do something and go on his way and he just left. He just went. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't, you can read that story in the Bible. He didn't know where he was going to end up. He didn't know what was in store for him. He just knew he had to be obedient to God. So the writer of Hebrews here, which is debated, by the way, that's why I don't, I, I lean toward it being Paul, but a lot of um, scholars say, no, it's not the style of Paul. But So I'll just refer to it as the writer of Hebrews here. It's the word of God. But anyway, he's pointing us to back to, to think about all these people of faith that went before us right? And even in this lifetime, you may have known people of faith, people that walk by faith, people of, of God that serve the Lord with their lives, and maybe they've gone on as well, right? Verse 9, speaking of Abraham, still says, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, right? That was his two sons, right? The heirs with him of the same promise. So Isaac and Jacob were going to be heirs of this promise as well. For he waited for the city. This is a key verse here, verse 10, right? It says, for he waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. You see, we live in a world today where there's all kind of foundations that have been built. The home you live in, the building you work in, all of that stuff, right? The roads you drive on have some sort of foundation to them. Something that we rely upon, right? When we drive a car that the, that the uh, earth's not going to cave in under us. And by the way, you, we do that by faith, Right? We're trusting in the fact that somebody packed that road tight enough and the asphalt is good enough and there's no sinkholes underneath of it and we're not going to fall in. We're doing that. So you're already living by faith in one way, shape, or form, right? But this is saying here in verse 10, speaking of Abraham, that he was waiting for some other city. He was waiting for some other place. Do you remember a few Wednesdays back, we talked about being in the boat with Jesus in the storm, and we talked about going to the other side and just keeping our faith in the Lord and trusting in the Lord that we're going to get to the other side, we're going to get to where we're going. This is the life that Abraham lived. Look, keep in mind, though, you can go back, and I encourage you to do it. Go read the story of Abraham. He lived everyday life. He worked. He, he socialized with people. He had a life. He moved about the earth, just like you and I do, but yet he had a foundation of faith within him. And, that, and what he was looking for was not what this earth could give him, but rather what God had in store for him. And this is what the scriptures teach us to do to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, right? To look unto him, to stay the course. That's what the Bible teaches us to do, to focus on him, right? Then verse 11 speaks of Abraham's wife and says, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age. What was she? 9900 years old, right? Because she judged him, capital H, she judged him faithful who had promised. So she trusted, she trusted in God to go through what she had to go through there as such an old woman because, but this was God doing this and making a way, right? 
that would ultimately lead to the way, the Savior, Jesus. So verse 12 says, um, therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, speaking of Abraham, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. So this story about Abraham's faith here comes down to we are all, there, there's a, a song, you know, that's like a children's song, right? Sung in Sunday school by kids, right? That says, Father Abraham had many sons and many sons had Father Abraham and I am one of them and so are you, right? So let's all praise the Lord. Why are we sons of Abraham? Because we're sons of faith. Because we walk by faith just as Abraham trusted God, believed God, and that faith was accounted to him, the scripture tells us, as righteousness. So that's what we need to be, people of faith, okay? Now, there are people that want, you know, that want everything proven to them, okay? There are people that are very intellectual in their ways, and it's difficult for them to come to the Lord, okay? Because the Bible calls us to faith. It's that simple. And going back, let me jump back to verse one again, right? Just to remind you what we're talking about when we talk about faith here. It is the substance of things hoped for. So in other words, you don't even have it right now. Whatever that is that you're hoping for, you don't even have it. But faith is a substance. It's something to hold on to for what you're going to get in the future. It's the substance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence of things not seen. So that's what faith is. So as we're walking through this life and as all these people that we read about in the Bible, they walked by faith in God, okay? And God has given us his word. He's given us the Holy Bible that we can know these things. Hey, he didn't, he didn't leave us clueless. He didn't say, oh, figure out what I want of you. Figure out how I want you to live. No, he tells us, you know what pleases me? is faith, trust in me, place your faith in me. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, make that your priority, right? And then God will add to you all the things you need. And that's the life of peace. That's the life of letting go, of casting all your cares on him and trusting in him and knowing he'll provide your needs as you're focused on him and as you're trusting on him. But kind of going back to what I was saying about the intellectual, right? Nothing wrong with being intellectual. That's a gift from God, you know, that people want to figure things out and do things like that. But when it comes to faith in God, we must put that down. We must die to ourselves, take up the cross. In other words, die to what we think things should be or die to our own understanding and say, no, I'm just going to trust in God and I'm going to walk by faith. So, Again, 36 years I've been walking by faith I'm, and I'm still preaching faith. I'm still getting on the internet like this and telling others, hey, come to faith. Why? Because I know that it, I know the substance of faith. Okay, I know what faith has done in my life and what it continues to do as I continue to grow in the Lord myself, right? So talking about all these people, Verse um, 13 says, these all died in faith. Listen to this. These all died in faith, faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off were assured of them, embraced them 
and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You've heard me say it before and many others say it, right? We're just passing through. Time is just flies by, just keeps going by. James describes life like a vapor. You've heard me quote that before as well, right? It just appears for a short time and then it's gone. The years just go by. Time goes by, right? And, you know, he's saying that these people of faith here, they embraced and confessed that they were just strangers and pilgrims on the earth. This is the life that God calls us to. This is a life that God wants us to leave, to lead, right? Whether, no matter what we do, I always say, whether you're a butcher, a baker, or a candlestick maker, whatever you're doing in life, right? Wherever you're going, whatever you're, uh, however you go through this life, just like Abraham went through this life, you, you need to do it by faith, trusting in the Lord, resting in Him, leaning not on your own understanding. And then verse 14 says about, about verse 13, it says, for those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. In other words, there's still some place I'm going. I'm not quite at home yet. You know, we all can have wonderful lives here on this earth, marriage, children, grandchildren, a home, family, friends, whichever the case may be, however your life is, right? But this isn't really the ultimate stopping place. This isn't the home of, this isn't our home. There's still a place that we're going on to. And that's the place that the Lord has prepared for us. And the scripture says that eye has not seen and ear has not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. So that's what God wants us to do. Trust in him. So where are we at? on time here now 26 minutes so everybody's pretty quiet out there um like i said if you have any prayer requests let me know i'm gonna wind this up probably pretty soon here but um unless you keep it going with prayer requests or whatever Questions? my wife has a question Oh. I said four questions. Oh, if you have a question, she means, yeah, prayer requests or questions that you want to ask my wife. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, verse 15, and truly, if they listen to this verse here, verse 15, again, I'm reading from Hebrews 11, verse 15, it says, and truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. So look, I take that scripture and I can apply it to my life today, to our lives today like this, right? Um, it says, truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out. You see, there's when, when we come to the Lord, there's like this, we're coming out of one place and into another place. We're coming out of, uh, the world and we're coming into the kingdom of God. In other words, the kingdom of God simply meaning that we now have a king. We now have a Lord. We now have someone over us and it's not the American government. It's not our boss at work. It's, it's no one else, right? It's Jesus. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So we come out of one place and into another, 
okay? But he says here that if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. In other words, as soon as we begin to focus on the things of the world, turn our heads, kind of unrepent. See, repent means to simply say, you know what, I'm turning around, I'm doing a 180 here, and this is not going to be about me anymore. This is going to be about what pleases God. And I'm going to begin to be a person that walks by faith and not by sight. I'm going to begin to be a person that realizes that I have a Lord, I have a master, I have someone over me that calls me to a certain way of life and it's found in his word. And I go and I read his word and I find that out. But I can also unrepent, right, if I want, if that makes any sense, where I turn around again and I begin to fix my eyes on where I came from, like the world I used to be in before Christ. I'm not talking about geographically where I came from. I'm talking about the person that I was before coming to Christ. The person that doesn't focus, that didn't focus on God with my life, that was just selfish and all about what I wanted or what I could get or whatever the case may be, right? But when we repent and we turn around, we fix our eyes on God, but there's also opportunity as long as I'm still going through this life, right? I always say as long as I have, I'm in this skin, I can struggle with sin, right? If I fix my eyes on it, if I turn my attention toward it, if I go in that direction, but to the contrary, if I by faith keep fixing my eyes on the Lord, keep my keep living his word and keep learning his word and keep allowing his spirit to grow me within, well, then I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to be on the right path. I'm going to be on the boat like Noah was calling everybody to get on because the bad time's coming. Okay, and it's true with our lives today. I'm not trying to be a preacher of doom, but the day is coming when this earth will be no more as it is. That, now, this is all according to scriptures, and I'm not going to get into all those scriptures here with you, but I encourage you to read all this yourself, right? So this is not where we should, what we should call our homeland. We need to stay the course of going on toward the Lord, okay? So... Um, Verse 16, by, but now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. So there we go. They desire a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, and he has prepared a city for them. That's what we should be looking for. And that's what I'm going to spend the rest of my days looking for and headed toward, however many days that is, right? is I'm just going to be looking to that heavenly place, that place that God has prepared for those that love him and those that diligently seek him. Like we read back in verse six, right? We must, those that come to him, it says, it says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those that come to him must, uh, actually, let me just stop trying to memorize that real quick. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So again, this is what God calls us to, right? And then verse 17, um, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. What does that remind you of? only begotten son. Where else do we hear that term in the New Testament in John three sixteen? God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Abraham, by faith, was willing to offer up Isaac, even though God was stopped him from, from doing so. He was willing to do it by faith, even though he knew, wait a minute, this is the promised seed. You know, you promised me something here, God, but God, I'm going to obey you no matter what. But of course, God stopped him. Of whom it was said in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Concluding, it says here of Abraham in verse 19, it says, concluding, um, and I'm just seeing a, um, a comment here. I had to scroll up in order to see it. Let me make my screen a little bit bigger so I don't have to do that. But uh, Colin says, hi, he is watching you on YouTube. Hey, Colin, what's up, my man? Thank you for watching. Colin's also in Gettysburg. Um, so verse 19, speaking of Abraham, says, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense. In other words, you know, it's talking about from a figurative sense, Abraham was dead. He's already like 100 years old himself and he's gonna try to have a child his body's pretty much dead when it comes to that, right? But God made all this possible, okay? By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. So I'm gonna let you read the rest of this chapter yourself here, and I'm just gonna emphasize to you again that this is what God calls us to. He calls us to walk by faith. It's not a matter of what we see, what we feel, what we think. You know, we're not God. He is God. He is God and he is God alone. And that's how we must come to him by faith, knowing that, believing that he is, and also believing that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay? God has a purpose. God has a plan for your life. And and that purpose and that plan is for you to trust him, to place your faith in him, and to fix your eyes on him. Kevin says, I like your shirt. What is that emblem and the saying? Can't make it out what it says. It's, it's a cross with like a banner going around it and lightning bolts shooting out of it. And it says, um, investing in integrity. Investing in integrity. Uh, it's just about walking in a life that pleases God, kind of what we're talking about here, walking in an integrable manner through life. What's that? I don't know if they can uh, see that. Stand firm and be strong, investing in integrity. Yeah. So anyway, this shirt was designed um, by my son or one of his friends, my son, Dustin or one of his friends um, designed it for a men's retreat at their church that they put on and they gave me one of their shirts. So <laughs> it was a free shirt for me. So anyway, I'm going to go ahead and wind it up here. Been 36 minutes. I want to wait a minute here because you guys are behind me about 30 seconds and uh, see if anybody has any more questions. Um, Isaac, if you're still out there, Isaac from Oregon, um, Isaac Chapel. Um, if you're still out there, which you are, I see, cool shirt. 
Um, I did email you back a couple of months ago. I just want to make sure that you got that, that you did see that. Um, so I, I didn't hear back from you, but that's okay. I don't need to hear back from you, but I just want to make sure that you know I did you know, get back to you on that. So if, any, if no one else has any other questions, we'll start to wind it down here. Let some time go by for some more comments to come in. But I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving and uh, hope you all have a Merry Christmas. And uh, I'm sure we're a lot warmer out here. I could hear my sister-in-law, Becky, saying, shut up, David. <laughs> but um, anyway. Huh. Yeah, I, it was a few weeks ago, Isaac, that I responded to your email. I'll try to forward it again or whatever, but it shows that it went out on my side. But I'll look at it when I get off here tonight and uh, send it out to you again. Sorry about that if you think I didn't respond, but I did pretty much the next day. I think it was that after. That wasn't part of the emails for the exams, right? I believe so. It's been a few weeks right now um, since, since I responded, so I don't have it in front of me, but, but I'll look at it and I'll, I'll jump on right after we get off here and um, follow up with you again. But anyway, God bless everybody. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening, whichever the case may be. I say that to those of you that are on video, I say thank you for listening because I do put these out in audio format as well on, in, you know, on, on podcasts. So there's people throughout the world that, that hear this in audio. So, but until next time, I'm not sure whether we'll be um, live next Wednesday or not. Um, it's my birthday, so my wife's got something big. <laughs> you probably didn't even know it was my birthday, huh? I'm just trying to get through Sadie's birthday first. <laughs> yeah, our granddaughter's birthday is before mine in December. But, um, and then Dustin's birthday, and then, you know. All right, well, God bless. Uh, Kevin, thank you. Becky, good night. Michael and Rachel, Nelson, good night. God bless you guys. Um, and Isaac, I'll be emailing you when I get off here. So we will see you next time, Lord willing. God bless.